Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. This series is so important to us as Christians today because the blessed life is what God has intended for His people, for His church to walk in. Now, what does that mean? Uh, oftentimes, uh, if we looked and, and thought about our life, uh, we would say, well, we're doing what the, the, everybody else is doing, so to speak. We're, we're maintaining an average uh, equality uh, or equity, so to speak, uh, with the world and other things of that nature. So that must mean we are blessed uh, because of what we possess. But let me just say something to you today. There's a lot more to the blessed life than just what you possess today when you compare yourself with the world or compare yourself with other people. Uh, The blessed life is something that the world cannot receive and cannot have because it doesn't have the relationship first with God. You know, a relationship with God means you're related to him, not just a, again, it's, when I talk about relationship, I'm not talking about a fellowship or intimacy with God. I'm talking about well, who you're related to. Our relationship is with God today because you've been born of God through Jesus Christ, because you have received salvation, because you now are a child of God, because of his work he's done in you through your faith in him who raised Jesus from the dead, and set him at his own right hand. You have put your faith in God for your salvation, and today you have been saved. You have entered into a covenant and a kingdom which will not pass away, where neither death nor life or anything else can separate you from the life that God has given to you because now you have an ability to create an intimacy and connection with the living God through Jesus Christ. This is the beauty of what God has brought us into. This is the wonderful work that we have today. One of the areas I think is so important though, for many of us today in the body of Christ, we carry around various ideas and various ways about ourselves that oftentimes have very little biblical understanding and truth. And this is so important today. This is why we are called to be taught and to learn and to develop and to grow so that we can know, so we can walk it out, so that we can walk in faith according to the promise and the blessing that God has given to us as a Christian, as a child of God today. But God doesn't want us to just stand in that place of salvation alone. He wants us to walk with him. He wants us to walk in love. He wants us to walk by faith. He wants us to step in to his promises, step in to the blessing of God. You know, you got to get into the flow of God's blessing. I just mentioned a few moments ago in in our offering, a tithing offering, and understanding how we, we begin to get our toes into the river. You know, one of the things I think is important today, we need and can learn according to how the Word of God has been structured and and has been given to us of how that Israel did and did not enter in to the promises of God. You know, as believers, oftentimes we think it's an automatic that it happens because we believe in Jesus. But listen, you can wade into the waters of God's amazing grace 
But let me just tell you today, there are some deeper waters that God's called us to go into. He doesn't want us to stop with our toes in the water. He don't want, he don't want you to just open the door as he stood there and knocked and then stand in the doorway with him. He wants you to invite him in and go and sit and sup with him and have fellowship with him and have an intimacy with him. That's not just going to be for you alone. That's not just going to make your name great. That's not just going to make you great, but it's going to make him great. It's going to make his kingdom great. That's going to make his church elevate some way. That's going to be people who are compassionate and full of love and who are, who are without hypocrisy uh, when it comes to their walk. And I tell you today, it's so important that there is something we do to continually go out deeper into an intimate fellowship with God. This is where your passions resonate his will, where your love resembles his heart, where your service represents his mind, where your thoughts are reports of God's goodness. Oh, glory to God. I'm going to say that again. Because as we go out into an intimate place with God, I'm telling you, the deeper you get with him and the further you go out with him, there's something that's going to happen on the inside of you where your passions begin to resonate his will. I tell you, that is important. Whereas, like Jesus said, as Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. You know, Jesus said, I didn't come to do my own, but I came to do the Father's will. Oh, glory to God, where your passions resonate his will, where your love resembles his heart. Glory to God. You know, that kind of love, the Bible says, is in us through the Holy Spirit. But to walk in love, you're going to have to walk by faith. Walking by faith is walking in the light and the truth of the word of God, where it's, no, it's not just about us because you're going to find that true love, real love, the Bible kind of love, 1 Corinthians 13 talks about. The Bible says it doesn't count wrongs. You know, it, it, it doesn't speak evil of another. And there's a whole lot in that. When you begin to look at 1 Corinthians 13, it's a, what we call the love chapter, which is sandwiched between chapter 12 where it talks about the spiritual gifts, and then it goes on to 14, another place of the spiritual gifts and the manifestations, and it's, it's sandwiched in between for a big, big reason. Because without love, true love, and love isn't, listen, here's how you know you're gauging love right. You're not looking at what others are, how, lover, how others are loving you. You're looking how you're loving others, how you're quick to forgive, how you're quick to move on beyond that, how you're still pressing toward the mark. You're not complaining, criticizing. That's what he says when he, when he said it doesn't have evil or it doesn't speak evil. It doesn't uh, uh, count wrongs, all of these type of things. And it's so important today. I'll tell you, that would work so good in a marriage today. When Christ is the center, when love is at work, we're, and let me just tell you, relationships, when you're married or even in the church today, they can be difficult. But love is the unifying thing. Love will unify us. And the Bible even says, Jesus said, that we should walk in love so that the whole world will know us by the love we have for one another. This is why when you walk out of love, when it's, when it's a place of, well, 
how, how am I being loved? The world says, well, only love those who are treating you the way you want to be treated, who celebrate you and who love you a certain way. Well, see, the Bible tells us that love is not selfish. Love isn't counting, isn't looking out for itself. The God kind of love. I know that kind of flies in the face of a lot of things that we're told around us, the impressions of the world, really to kind of stroke our pride a little bit. But let me just say this to you today. It's so important that we learn to develop a love walk where we're not saying, well, they're not loving me. That's not love. That's not love. That's not love. And, and listen, you have to love. You have to focus on the love walk you have, not on what other people love. You can't, you can't make other people love you. You can't receive the kind of love you think that is you're deserving. Only God can fill your heart with that kind of love. No human being can. No human being can treat you the way you need to be treated. Only God can do that. But you can learn to maximize your walk in Christ and loving others. If there's more of God in you, so to speak, you feel that you're more spiritual, then you will have this kind of love walk. You won't just be declaring your spirituality. You'll be walking in love. You won't, you won't be backbiting. All of those kind of things that you see that come from the fruit of the flesh. But the fruit of the Spirit, even Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 and 14 tell us. It says, don't bite and devour one another, but to serve one another in love. With love. We should, with love, serve one another. I tell you, it's so important today that we learn to love one another, to serve one another. Even Jesus told his disciples, says, the greatest among you is going to be the servant of you all. One step out of that place of love is a step out of the spirit. So this is why it's so important today that your love resembles his heart, where your service represents his mind. We're talking about the blessed life today. You want to walk in the blessed life with God? You want to continually walk in? You want to continually go deeper with God? Well, this is the things we have to develop in us, where your service represents his mind. I think about Philippians chapter 2. I think it begins with verse 5, a very powerful scripture. I'm going to read that to you today. Philippians chapter 2. Actually, let's look at, um, uh, man, we, we could, if you, if you, let's look at verse 1. It says, if there be, therefore, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ... If any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Well... How do you know that a person is walking in that? You'll hear it out of the communication of their mouth, oftentimes, by their continued unity in the body of Christ. It tells us here, it says, look in verse 4, it says, Let not or look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We're talking about where your service represents his mind. Who, being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation 
and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He says, verse 12, Wherefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not also in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings, disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless. The children are the sons of God without rebuke in, this, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Yea, and if I have be. And, and yea, and if I be offered upon the sacrifice and service of your faith, I joy and rejoice with you all. I tell you, it's so important today that as the body of Christ, as believers, as people who are called his church today, our service needs to represent his mind. Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Where your thoughts are reports of God's Goodness, where your thoughts are reports of God's goodness. You know, it's so important today that our mind, our thoughts are not on the things of this world. That what we see today, I believe today I'm going to show you something in the blessing, part of the, the ability to possess the things that God has for us in his promises. I'm going to show you something today. I believe God's just going to minister to your heart. But we need to get this area within us. This is how you go deeper in God. This is how you walk this out step by step. I like what Philippians 4 says. It says in verse 8, Finally, my brother, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things appear? What sort of things are lovely? Whatsoever things are of good report. Philippians 4 8. I'm going to reread it again. Finally, my brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are of a good report? Come on, where your thoughts are reports of God's goodness. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Glory to God. You see, if we're going to go deeper in God, we're not going to allow the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, to stand and begin to put thoughts of criticism, accusation amongst his church, amongst his body. You know, there's a way to deal with those things, but oftentimes the church doesn't really step up to that place. First of all, we have to deal with it in our own mind. That's where it begins. There's other ways that the Bible teaches us how we, we need to deal with certain things in the church. And we need to do those things properly. In the end of the day, though, it's all about coming back into unity and keeping the unity and keeping in the walk of that, that it's supposed to be. And that's spiritual growth. That's a person who is 
walking in fellowship and intimacy with God. That's a person who's saying, God, I'm trusting you with my life because I've committed my life to you, and I'm seeking first the kingdom of God, and they're going to go deeper and deeper in the things of God. You're going to find that the blessing of God, things aren't going to be able to stop them. You're going to find that their vine will not cast its fruit before your third time. You're going to find that kind of person going deep and deep and deep in the ways and the things of God, growing and flourishing in the ways of God, where the gates of hell cannot prevail against them. When they stand before Jesus, as Paul said, when I present you, when I stand there in that day, that my labor has not been in vain, that I can rejoice with you in what you have become and how you have walked this out, how you have lived this out. He says, in that day, we'll stand before Christ and rejoice because we put his kingdom first. We sought the things of God uh, that are above and not things that are beneath. We put our trust in him and him alone. And we dealt with the things within ourselves, how we walked in love, how we fulfilled his will in the earth today. You know, oftentimes we struggle with what we see because we don't see what God sees. Now, the Holy Spirit told me to say this, and I want you to hear this. We struggle with what we see. Why? Because we're, we're moved by what we see. We're moved by, by, by those things that are impressing upon our mind, by how we think we see something, how we, how we see something. And we say, well, now that's real. Now, that, that, that's what's really going on. That's what we see. But in reality... We struggle because of what we see. Because we don't see what God sees. Are you hearing me today? You know, I remember the prophet Samuel when he went to Jesse's house. When God told the prophet, he said, now I want you to go to Jesse's house. And there you're going to anoint me a king. And his name was David. And the Bible says that when Samuel sent David, or, sent, or when God sent Samuel to Jesse's house, Jesse lined up all of his sons but one. And that other son was out tending the sheep, keeping the sheep. Glory to God. He was watching over the sheep. And the Bible says, his father's sheep at that. And the Bible says that when Samuel had looked upon the boys, there was one that stuck out and he said, surely you're the one. I'll tell you, he was moved by what he saw. Surely you're the one. Because you measure up to my idea of what that's supposed to be. You measure up to the way I think about things. See, oftentimes we, we, we do things like that in church. Instead of understanding the ways of God and the kingdom of God and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today and understanding the word of God, we, we get moved by what we see by, because of where we come from or because of, of the environment and how we are living our life. So we're seeing things through a lens. Oftentimes, it's not been created by the renewing of the mind and by the word of God that is in us and the, the development of our love walk and how we're thinking on things, whether our, our, our heart is in the right place, uh, where our passions resonate his will, where our love resembles his heart, where our service is representing his mind, and where our thoughts are reports of God's goodness. See, oftentimes, our lens is different. Our lens comes from a, an, our opinion. Our lens comes from a particular way of seeing things, maybe uh, in areas of, of a lack of knowledge and other areas that we are called to grow and develop in so we can see what God sees. 
But when we see it through another lens, what happens is, is when our personal preferences, our personal refusal, our personal selfishness <laughs> gets into the way, but we can't see those things. Our sight is not focused on him and on his kingdom, church. But it's upon ourselves and what we want, what, we, what he will do for me, what we don't have, what we feel that we're not receiving, what recognition we're not getting. I'll tell you, the enemy will bombard your thoughts to the point that he'll cause you to stumble and get out of the way and actually get your toes back out of the water. Once you start entering into that place, there's a place of commitment, a place of sacrifice to walk in the love of Jesus Christ. When you start putting your toes into the waters of God, out of the flow that flows, when you start getting into that river, I'll tell you what, if you'll get into that river and you get in all the way because you got to jump in. You, you know, listen, there's many times I remember uh, standing on certain rivers. I, I remember tubing before. If you've ever been tubing before, you know what tubing is where you get in this inner tube and you, you, you go in and you, into a river and you take the, let the river take you down the stream. Uh, I remember one time uh, I did that. And uh, uh, I, listen, I've done it several times uh, just in, in, a, in a place of holiday or vacation or whatever, you know, where you go out and you just go for uh, a time, you know, in the camping or something and get in the river and float down the river. And I remember one time the river took me. I didn't realize when I floated for one hour on that river how far a river will take you for an hour. I thought it actually did a horseshoe, but I'll be honest with you. What happened was I wound up in a whole other city and had to hike back, had to catch me and a, a group of people, had to catch rides back to where we were. And we had to go for almost an over about two-hour drive uh, to get back to our camp. That's how far we went. But I'm going to tell you, it's like that with God. If you'll get into the river, he'll take you a lot further than you ever intended to go. And let me just say this, in the ways of God, because oftentimes we see our life in, in, a, in, a, in such a way we, we limit ourselves and how far we'll go. This is why it's so important that you learn to make your crossings. You've got to cross the Jordan when it comes to you. And whatever area of crossing you don't make, that's where you stay when it comes to the things of God. We've got to get into the flow of the river and just let it take you down. Let it, let it keep going and keep going deeper and deeper with God. You know, one of the things that we find when it comes to how can we begin to see what God is showing us. First, you've got to let the Word of God speak to you. We're going to have to let the Word of God talk to us. We're going to have to let the Word of God be the lamp into our feet and a light into our pathway. We're going to have to understand that that Word is not trying to separate you to make you great. He's trying to uh, bring you together in a unification of His church so we can impact the world for Jesus Christ so that God can make Himself great through us. And that is so important today. You know, when we look for purpose, we're looking for the purpose that God has us to be able to serve out our life with the plan and the will of God in mind that we can fulfill his will on the planet today that none will perish, but all come to everlasting life. Yes, we are an influence everywhere that we go. Yes, we are witness for Jesus Christ everywhere that we go. Yes, we are that light in a dark place everywhere that we go. Yes, we're carrying the love of God into every sphere of influence on this planet today. Yes, the message of the kingdom must be preached just like Jesus did over the world, baptizing men and women in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit of God. And the Bible says, and we are bringing men and women, compacting the church together so that his house will be filled. 
He told the disciples, he told, he told him one story. He said to this man, he said, and he brought this uh, allegory out. He said, listen, he said, go into the highways and hedges and compel men and women to come in, that his house may be filled. And he's talking about his church, his kingdom. He's looking for sons and daughters today to, be, to grow up and to continue the work that he began on this planet. And I'll tell you today, this is the focus that we have today as his church. But see, Jesus said to the religious people in his day, when he said to them, he said, Abraham, if he is your father, and he talked about this, he said, Abraham saw my day. Abraham saw my day. If you've been following this series, you'll find out that the Bible says that that seed of Christ is in you. You are the children of Abraham. And you are heirs according to that promise and that covenant through Christ. Because you've been born again. And by faith you have received the blessing of Abraham. By faith you've received the covenants of promise. By faith you have these things and we're called to possess them. First you've got to lay hold of them by faith. In you. Renew your mind. And then we walk this out because it's not just for the individual. It's for the whole nation. There is a nation. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the kingdom of our God, the citizens of that kingdom, which we call the church today. The Bible says that that nation is blessed and God wants to see it increase. Look at Hebrews chapter three, verse one. God's plans for all of his church is not just to make one person something great, someone great, but make himself great through all of his church. Hebrews 3, one. And so, dear brothers and sisters who belong to God and are partners with those called to heaven. <laughs> I love that. Think carefully about this, Jesus, whom we declare to be God's messenger and high priest. The reason why the children of Israel did not enter in, we're going to look at something today. And the reason why you enter in is because we begin to understand the purpose of God. We begin to understand Christ. We begin to understand God's messenger and high priest. We begin to understand the work of the kingdom. You know, we looked a while ago about out of Malachi chapter 3. And I'm going to reread it again out of verse 10. He says, and I'm going to cut it short here just for a moment. But he talks about bring all the tithes into the storehouse. He says, and, 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 and prove me now. He says, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there will not be room enough to receive it. That word there in the Hebrew, uh, in, in, in this study is very unique because uh, the way that a rabbi would look at it is the way that he would communicate that out would be to be like a river that flows, that you can't contain it, you can't stop the flow. It's just, it starts in one place and then it begins to, to flow. You know, this is why he says, pour out the windows of heaven and pour it out. And what does he say? Listen to this. He says, verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that there will not, so he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field. So what he's talking about here is the thing that you do and what you do and that your life, your family, the things that you put your hand to. Uh, that God is, is looking to, to empower and rebuke the things off so that you will prosper, not just financially, but in life. 
But in, in, and listen to me, we got to be careful because it's not just about personal alone. It's about kingdom. He's talking about his church. He's talking about what? The nation. Because he goes on to say in verse 12, and he says, And all nations will call you blessed. He's talking about his church. For you will be a delightful land. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I tell you, that is so important today. You know, the Bible tells us and, and, and even talks more about why the children of Israel did not enter into the promised land. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 4, it tells us in verse 1, Hebrews 4, 1, it gives us insight into why the children of Israel did not enter in. Hebrews 4, 1. It tells us that they did not enter in to the promised land because when they came to that promised land, they, and, 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 and let me just say this, the Bible also warns us that we, we should not fall short of this promise too. But look in verse 2, he says, For the gospel was preached as well to them as it is to us today. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Let me just say what this means for a minute. Please leave that on the screen. The word gospel there. Oftentimes, we look at it alone as the salvation that God has brought to us through Jesus Christ, being born again, which is very important. Yes, that is. That's part of it. But what is the full gospel? The full gospel is all of the benefit that comes from the salvation and from following God and from obeying Him and from the will of God that is being done through His kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. That was what Jesus preached was the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. Because when you're walking in the kingdom and you're walking as a citizen and you're fulfilling the covenants of the kingdom, when you're walking in that place, then the blessing of God will come. We'll find out that you won't fall short. You're going to enter in. We'll enter into this. For we which have believed do enter into, the Bible says in verse 3. It says, for us who have believed, we enter into this rest, this place of knowing that when we're walking in this place, glory to God, the blessing is going to work for, on our behalf. There's going to be the devourer is going to be rebuked, glory to God. No weapon formed against us is going to prosper. Are you hearing me today? There's so much goodness inside of this place of promise. But the Bible says that the children of Israel did not enter in. One of the things that we find here. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, Deuteronomy chapter 1, and I'm going to begin reading here. The Bible says in verse 22, we find out that when the children of Israel came to the promised land, that Moses said, now if he was to read this in, in Numbers chapter 13, it sounds like God said, go out and do this. But what happened was, is, is the people, the Bible says in verse 22 here, Deuteronomy 1, it says, And every one of you came near to me and said, Let us send men before us, and let them search out the land for us, and bring back word to us of the way by which we should go up, and of the cities into which we shall come. And Moses said, Well, the plan pleased me as well. So I took twelve of your men, one man of every tribe, and they departed and went into the mountains and came to the valley of Eskol and, and spied it out. And they also took some of the fruit of the land in their hands and brought it down to us. And they brought back word to us, it is a good land which the Lord God has given us. Nevertheless, you would not go up 
but rebelled against the command of the Lord your God, and you complained in your tents and said, because the Lord hates us, he brought us out of the land of Egypt to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us. Where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying, the people are greater and taller than we. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakim. That's the giants there. And one of the things that we, we do oftentimes is we're seen in the natural. We're not seen in the spirit. See, the Bible says here that they didn't go in. One is instead of just doing what God said when it was time to do it, they decided, hey, look, we're going to get committed together and figure out whether or not we can do this or not. We're going to uh, uh, check this out. Like, like, why are they checking it out? God already said, go in. God said to possess it. God's already told them, that is your land. I've given it to you as an inheritance. It's part of my covenant towards you. And I have promises to Abraham. And these are the children of Israel who had received the promises. But yet they're standing before the promised land going, well, let's check this out first before we go do it. Let's use some wisdom here. And let's figure out whether or not uh, we can do this or not. You know, oftentimes that's what happens. A lot of times people are, are, are looking around and they're saying, well... I'm not sure. I don't know. We're taught, listen, the Bible uh, tells us that we should go into all the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. Well, I'm not sure if they want to hear it. I'm not sure if I can do it in this place. I'm not sure if I should do this. Well, sure you should. This is the land. We're called to possess it. We're called to go in and make the nations of this world the kingdoms of our God. And the Bible teaches us to take the gospel of the kingdom into the world, and as the church, as we move forward in possessing, as we go forward, we're not, we're not called to sit back and, and have debate committees. We're called to possess. We're called to come into a place of unity and grasp a hold of the vision of God and say we're well able to do it. We can overcome. Well, they're so big. They're so mighty. They're so many, and we're so few. Well, you can have grasshopper mentality and a place of doubt and unbelief, but that's what keep, keeps people from entering into the blessings and promises of God. That's, these are people probably not even got their toes in the water yet. They're just attending church. They're not necessarily with you. They're in the same love feast with you, but they're not necessarily with you. Are you hearing me today? This is what the Bible tells us. So we don't, we, if we're going to keep stepping, we've got to step into the deeper places of God, which God says, I'm going to pour out. I'm going to open up that you can't contain it. So we have to come to a place of believing God. The Bible says they didn't enter in because they didn't believe God. They believed what they saw or what they think they saw. What, they, what appeared to them difficult, too hard, too few. How can we? See, we need to trust the blessing. We need to trust the promise. We need to trust God at his word. That we can do all things through Christ which strengthens us. That we not look around at what we don't have and how, how this isn't working or, or whatever's going on. Listen, if, if we, we as the body of Christ, we're called to, to have one focus. And that is to go forward, to step in to the river, to step across that Jordan. Come on, go into the promise, get into the river, let it take you where it needs to go. I like what Ezekiel 47 tells us. Look at, the, look at Ezekiel 47. Ezekiel 47. Oh, you're going to want to hear this. This is powerful. 
Look in Ezekiel 47, if you were with me. The Bible talks here to the problem. He, he tells him, he says, the Bible says in verse 1, it says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east, and the water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. And he brought me out of the way of the north gate, and led me on the other side, out of the, out of the outer gate that faces east. And there was water running out on that, on the right side as well. And when the man went out of the east with the lion in his hand, so the, 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 which would be uh, the angel of the Lord, oftentimes is referred to as Jesus himself, he measured 1,000 cubits. That's about uh, 2,000 yards, uh, somewhere uh, along that, or feet, sorry. Uh, so there's about, it's about a, a half a mile, quarter of a mile, or over that be about 800 meters, something of that nature. And he brought me uh, through the waters, and they came up to my ankles. And he measured again, so he went another thousand. Water came up to my knees. He measured again, and it came up to my waist. He measured again and said it was so deep that he couldn't cross. The water was so deep that man would have to swim in it and that it could not be crossed. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. And along the bank of the river, there were very many trees on one side of the other. Then he said, this water flows toward the eastern region going down to the valley under the entrance of the sea. And when it reaches the sea, it, the waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves wherever the rivers go will live. Years ago, the Holy Spirit gave me a powerful word of the book of Psalms. It says, there is a river. And the streams whereof make glad the city of God. Talking about his church. He's talking about the flow of the word of God and the blessing of God that comes from the temple. That's coming from right there. I, I tell you, it's so important today that we understand there is a, a river that flows. There is a river that flows from the house of God. The Bible says in Revelation 22, uh, 1 through 5, I believe it is. But it talks about a thing in verse 5. It says there is a river that flows from the throne of God. And the Bible says, in the midst of it is the tree of life, which is there for the, and the leaves of it are for the healing of the nations. You see, you are a tree that is planted by rivers of water that will bring forth fruit. The Bible says that God said, when you get into this river, he's going to rebuke the devourer for your sake. That we're going to believe God today, that supernatural anointing is going to flow through your life. That everything you put your hand to is going to prosper. That healing and, and sickness and disease is, is far from you, but healing is going to flow in you and through you and touching other people as well. I'll tell you today, you're called to take the gospel of the kingdom of God to the world and bring healing into the waters. And this is a message and a word that flows from the house of God. It's so important to be a part of the house and the temple of God. Because, listen, today we're not just individuals. Yes, there's a spring that springs up to everlasting life that's coming up and bubbling up in you. And it flows coming also from that temple. The Bible says it's the word of God. Anywhere you see that flow, is a type. the water is a type of the word of God flowing. 
Water, rivers are a type of the flow of the word of God, how you're getting into it, how it's just overtaking you. And listen, you can go deeper and deeper and deeper because those blessings are going to get better and better and better and stronger and stronger. The promises are going to overtake you in the way. Listen, it's going to, as you go along, these promises are going to chase you down. God's blessing is upon you so you can do more than your education tells you, so you can do more than your influence is because as you serve the Lord, as you connect to his kingdom, as you do the things that God says to do, that flow is going to come out of the house of God and touch the nations of this world. It's going to flow from the house of God. It's going to impact the Mornington Peninsula. It's going to impact your family. It's going to impact your job and everywhere that you go. It's going to impact this world and the nations of this world for Jesus Christ. I tell you today, church, if we begin to just step in, you know, today you might be right there. You might feel the trickle coming, coming out of the pulpit today of the word of God flowing from the throne of God, flowing across into that camera today, into your living room today. But listen, it's about to take off. If you'll keep going with it, if you'll hang on to it, if you'll meditate on the word day and night, you'll find your way prosperous, you'll have good success. That's what God told Joshua. He said, you're going to enter into this thing with me because when it came time, there was two people that entered into the promised land because they didn't receive the negativity, the criticism of what God could do, what God's going to do. They didn't look at what they saw. They heard and saw what God saw. That's why Joshua and Caleb could enter in because they saw everything else. But what was bigger was the promise. When the promise is greater than the problem, when you begin to step on the problem and step over into your promise, when you begin to say, hey, my God is greater than everything I don't see, everything I do see, that the promise that I see is much bigger than anything else that I'm coming up against today. Listen, when you begin to understand that the flow of the word of God coming into your life, it's a continual thing that needs to continually build and as you continue to go in it, as you receive it, and it take you deeper and deeper into an intimacy to the place of the heart of God, to the mind of God, where all of a sudden all of your service becomes a place where his mind has been established. Your heart is a reflection of his. This is your love walk. All of these things, as you begin to walk in them, you begin to see the manifestation, the blessing, the promises of God begin to overtake you in the way but you're going to have to continue to go deeper. Don't stop at this one Jordan you're at today. You might look at it as a problem, but it's only a bridge to get you to the, to the, to the other side. But you're going to have to step into the promises of God. You're going to have to step into the blessing of God. You've got to step into the word of God where that flow is so you can receive it, so you can stay in it, so you can walk in it. And you have to renew your mind. You're going to have to stop looking around you. Stop criticizing everything you see. Get into the flow. Get in the flow. Get in that love walk. Because it's in there that God's going to pour out. It's in there that that river's going to take you. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.